Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Habesha Finance Podcast. I'm Matt, your host. And in today's episode, I'm going to play for you an interview that um, I was part of on the Hannah Joy TV YouTube channel. And in this, on her channel, she has a mission to promote positivity. And so that's what we try to do, promote positivity from a personal finance perspective. And so some of the things we talked about on this was just, you know, navigating through difficult times and challenging times, what you can do, some of the things like investing and how to invest and some of the strategies that I talk about on this podcast and on the website. So I hope you enjoy this. It is quite long, but I think a lot of everything that we tried to talk about was very intentional, very purposeful, and try to give you a little bit of the backstory too on Habesha Finance and, and me personally. So I do hope you enjoy. I hope you all are staying safe, staying well, and I will uh, just go ahead and play. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another community conversation hosted by your girl, Hannah Joy Gebra Selassie and the Promote Positivity Movement. We are so honored to be joined by another special guest today. Today's community conversation is called Promoting Positivity Through Financial Freedom. And we are joined by our brother here, Matt Gebra. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Hannah. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Just for those of you who are tuning in, this virtual chat will touch on personal finances. It's going to touch on financial freedom and education. And we have someone here today. I'm just going to read a little bit about his bio so you all know who we're talking to um, today. And thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for spending your evening with us or your morning, wherever you are watching this from. And, you know, we also want to send you love and light. We know that these are challenging times for everyone. And so wherever you are, just know that we're sending you a big hug and lots of positive vibes. So a little bit about Matt Gebra. Matt Gebra is a husband, a father, an analyst, and the owner of Habesha Finance. Habesha Finance and Matt Gebra are all about helping people on their financial freedom journey with the right education and tools. The Habesha Finance YouTube channel was created to inspire progress with videos that help people learn, earn, and inspire. As a first-generation American and a child of Ethiopian and Eritrean immigrants, Matt's mission is to inspire progress as people navigate through life in America and the diaspora at large. Get ready to live with purpose, build wealth, and make a difference. That is one of Matt's catchphrases. And you can subscribe to his channel on YouTube at Habesha Finance. And Matt also happens to be my amazing big brother. So we are so honored to have you join us again. Thank you, Matt, for being here with us. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Hannah. I appreciate it. So it's an uh, honor to be here. Oh, we're honored to have you. So let's dive right into it. You know, we, um, you know, we're thinking about obviously those being impacted. You yourself have been impacted. Everybody's been impacted by COVID-19. Can you talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, how you've been impacted by COVID-19, both professionally um, and personally as it, as it comes to financial perspective? Um, yeah, definitely. And, you know, first, I just want to express uh, deep gratitude for all of the frontline workers and everyone who is um, just putting the time in, um, police officers, everyone, um, you know, just people out there who are um, helping people, co coming to calls, just answering the call of helping our country and helping the world really. Um, at large, um, the doctors, the nurses, um, the people working at the stores who are still showing up to work day in, day out. Um, really, those are the people right now who, if you have a friend or you know somebody who is in that kind of space, in that kind of uh, work field, then it's good to reach out to help them out, support them, whatever you can do. Um, and so I just kind of want to start just by saying that, that um, we thank you for everything that those folks are doing right now. Um, Absolutely. 
Um, but um, in addition to that, uh, just on a personal level, you know, nothing much has changed. Um, I, I'm at home every day now. And so a lot of uh, the, the schedules and everything, I get to see how it is like on a 24-7 basis. And I have learned to respect and love my wife even more because of all the things I see that she does. Um, I do get to work from home here periodically, but now it's just nonstop. It's, it's every day until our work brings us back in. Um, and so that's kind of been a little bit of a change, which I'm thankful for. You know, I'm, I'm hugely blessed to be able to do that because I get to spend time with my wife. I get to spend time with my my children. And it's just a blessing uh, for me, a blessing in disguise, really, uh, because um, at work we did experience like a, a, a pay reduction. Um, but that's, you know, when you compare that to the opportunity to work from home, spend time with the family, be there to see the kids on a daily basis. And it, it, you can't compare, I can't compare like the pay reduction versus um, that opportunity to be able to um, spend time with them. And um, on a financial level, now this experience has truly reinforced um, this idea, this belief I have around um, achieving financial freedom. And it's not just about being uh, financially free. It's not about getting there, but it's, it's not about being there already, but it's about um, the process and getting on that path to financial freedom, working toward financial independence, because along the way, you know, you're going to be doing the things necessary to make yourself ready for times like this. Um, at least you'll be more, at least you'll be better equipped to handle situations like we're in right now where people are not working for months, weeks um, at a time. And if you start exercising some of the things that we'll be talking about that I'll be sharing here today, then, um, for, you know, God forbid the next kind of situation like this that happens. Um, but we know sometimes these things do happen and, um, at least hopefully people watching, people listening will be better equipped, better prepared, um, be like compared to this, this current time that we're in, which is a very challenging, difficult time, uh, for many people, family and friends, um, that are close to us as well. Yeah. Um, we yeah. I mean, you know, you you already touched on some things just about being able to prepare ourselves, right, for times like this. And you mentioned, you know, with the job situation, thankfully, you know, you are you are still able to maintain. You work full time and you manage, you know, your personal blog and platform. And that's just to me so inspiring how you're able to juggle all that in addition to, you know, being a husband and amazing father and community member that you are. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But, you know, we. Um, we just want to check in with you all too, to so everybody who's tuning in. Again, this is a conversation about you know pursuing financial freedom. We're going to be sharing education, tips, and tools so that we all can sort of um, you know uh, learn more about managing our finances and hopefully do a, a better job throughout this uh, throughout these times that we're living in. So, if you are tuning in, I would love to know what city, what state, what country you're tuning in from. Go ahead and just drop that location, drop that city, that country, and just give us a wave, give us a heart, give us something just to check in. We're going to do a check-in at the end to see you know, all the wonderful people we have here today. And also, if you have any questions, you can go ahead and write that out in the comment section, and we'll try to get to some of those as well at the end, um, depending on how much time we have. So yeah, so let's, let's get into the mission of Habesha Finance. What is this all about? Tell us when it started and congratulations on some of the success that you've already been able to reach in terms of how it's impacted so many people. Yeah. Um, so first, you know, I have to put this disclaimer out that I'm not a financial professional. I'm not a tax professional. I'm not a legal professional. So anything heard here today is for educational and entertainment purposes 
uh, only. And um, obviously, personal finance is personal. So some of the advice or things you hear in this video, in this uh, interview, uh, may not be something that you agree with and that's okay i think we all can we all understand that um this personal finance journey this financial freedom journey looks different for everyone it there is no like cookie cutter um you know way of getting to financial freedom however um I'm, i have this opportunity to share some of the things that my wife and i have done and some of our journey and some of you know our story so i'm thankful to be able to to share that um so got that out of the way. Now, um, I graduated from Georgia Tech in 2009. Georgia Tech is a university here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I graduated with a civil engineer, engineering degree. I also graduated with, with $40,000 attached um, to that degree, $40,000 of uh, student loans. And um, I didn't work right out being an engineer, a civil engineer. Um, it was in the 2009 year. And if uh, some, yeah, I don't know if you're old enough to remember, Hannah, but uh, 2008, 2009 was uh, just an economic recession. Um, jobs were scarce. It was very difficult for people in my class in my year to find a job because it, it was just the most ridiculous thing where companies, I was, we were literally applying for jobs and they were asking us for, um, you know, entry level jobs. And they were asking us, uh, if you have any work experience. And I'm like, no, this is an entry level job that I'm applying for. How am I supposed to have work experience? And um, long story short, um, I was in my last year of college, I found a uh, part time job that I was working as a uh, baggage handler for an airlines and um, basically continued on that job, continued in that job, in that role for like a year after graduating, because I just couldn't find a job. And part of me was a little bit lazy, maybe because I just I gave up maybe too early. But, you know, um, it just things have a way of working itself out when you just, you know, show up to work and you keep working hard and you keep putting the time in. And so um, after after that, I found my way through the company moving up and um, blessed today to still be with that same company and um, just be on our path, be on the path to financial freedom. So like I said, with that degree came the $40,000 of student loan debt. And even though I kept moving up in the company, my income kept increasing. Um, any thought of paying my debt off, any thought of paying my car note off, any thought of paying my student loans off was not in my head at all. It was just in the back of my mind. I was just thinking like, oh, I'm making this money. I'm going to spend it on clothes. I'm going to spend it on um, this car that I just le that, that I um, just signed up for, you know, this car note. And uh, so many different things. I moved to L.A., I moved to Philly and just was just living a life that was that I couldn't afford. And um, obviously, um, this, this, there was a rude awakening eventually, you know, and um, and that happened to for me, like after, you know, getting married and then finally um, um, just being seeing my daughter and like it during that time that we found out that my wife was pregnant um 2017 or 2016 i'm sorry um we were like wait a minute um we're gonna have a baby and we've got to figure out exactly how we're going to be able to afford to to feed this baby how we're going to be able to afford um the medical visits how we're going to be able to afford the actual delivery of the baby you know and so all that to say like that really woke me up. That really kind of got the ball rolling on um, Habesha finance, on this personal finance 
uh, mission to achieve financial freedom, not just for me, but for others as well, who are kind of in that same mindset of, I've never really been taught the, the personal finance issues. I've never been taught how to invest. I've never been taught how to budget, how to manage my money properly. Um, let me just dig deep. Let me just start do a dive deep, uh, deep dive into these topics and start learning and start just kind of um, taking in everything. So I went down this rabbit hole and my wife will tell you as when I started, I never looked back and I started learning so many different topics, so many different um, educational um, you know, knowledge, gaining so much knowledge that really helped me and my wife um, just get on our own path, on our own version of what it looks like to be on our way to uh, financial freedom. So um, so I do have a message for those high school graduates who are ready to go to college, you know, and, and if you're not going to college, if you're going into the workforce or if you're going to the military, that's cool, too. That's awesome. Um, and, and this message still applies to you as well. Um, but, you know, if you're graduating high school um, this year and you're getting ready to go to college, please get um, what it was I going to say. I was going to say um, you get that four year degree and make sure you get it debt free. OK, it's easy to under to remember that four year degree better be debt free because you don't want to graduate and be in a situation like I was and like so many people ahead of you were because graduating with a four-year degree, not even a doctorate or not even like graduating medical school. That that I understand. Medical school, law school, you know, these these um, higher levels of education. Sometimes you have to get your, you know, get student loans to be able to afford that education because there is an expectation of an income. But when you're graduating with a four-year degree, like I did in 2009, I did have an expectation that I was going to get a job right away, but that did not happen. And so I ended up, you know, working this part-time job that was paying like nine bucks an hour. And I had an engineering degree that not, was not being put to use. And so my message to high school students, if you're on the brink of going to a college where you're going to have to pay $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 a year, um, your parents are trying to fi figure out a way to pay for that. Look, they have retirement to think about. They have so many other financial obligations they have to think about now. If you're going off to college and you're getting it a free ride, that's awesome. That that I I definitely um, have no problem with. But if you're going trying to go to out of state because you don't want to be close to home, that's a, a for me personally, my opinion, that's a terrible mistake. That's going to cost you a lot of pain and troubles and money at the, at the end of the year. You know, at the end of your four years or five years, it's just going to cost you more than you thought. So. Um, that's my message to high school students and then college graduates. Hopefully you're going to graduate debt free, but if not, you know, don't be afraid to work, you know, like don't be afraid to work. Bottom line, um, you, you have an opportunity if you're going to graduate debt free, hopefully to go back and live with your parents. Hopefully you have an opportunity to get an apartment with three or four friends where you pay like $300 a month or $400 a month. So that way you can focus on your student loans. That way you can focus on any credit card uh, debt that you have and take that opportunity to just get rid of it as early as possible um, after you graduate. Because the last thing you want is for interest to keep, to start building and to start accumulating on all that debt. And just be and that that $10,000 debt that you thought was just $10,000 is going to have a little bit extra because of interest um, that you haven't because you haven't been paying that off um, in a timely manner as quickly as, as possible. So for college graduates, um, 
please try your best to pay off your student loan debt as quickly as possible. If you have any, um, don't expect another thing. Don't expect the government to bail you out. Um, I, I, you know, I've never seen, I don't think anybody's ever seen the government bail anybody out for student loans. It's just one of those things that has never really been on, you know, the, the, the hierarchy or on the level, the top level of who's going to get a bailout. And honestly, if you think about it, you borrowed that money, you know, whether you whether you realize it or not or accept it or not, that's your responsibility um, because you borrowed that money to get your education. And I was naive. I was ignorant when I was signing on the line to, to, to take those student loans. But it was still my responsibility. I was an 18 year old kid who, who had the ability to get into an engineering school. So I should have been more uh, prepared and, and just, you know, aware of what I was signing. That was that was on me, you know, uh, but I will say, like try your best to to get out of college debt free try your best to avoid credit cards for some time when you graduate um college and and just have a plan try to come up with a plan so that way you know you know you're where you're headed um that's 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 a little bit of a message for the, the students out there yeah and that's so important and um i know we're gonna get into messages for families and you know older adults as well uh, as we move on into this conversation but i'm so glad you shared that because you know there's um these times that we're living in are unprecedented and i know that in some ways you know you experienced like you said you know in 2009 when you came out it was really hard to find work but i appreciate that story of you sharing how you took on a job as a you know baggage handler for an airline and then you worked your way up to where you are now. And I think that's a message that can resonate with all of us. You know, you never know what opportunity can lead you into um, different directions. And then also you mentioned this rude awakening that you had, you know, sometimes we need that. For you, it was your first daughter that was about to come into this world, right? And for mm-hmm. some of us, it's gonna look like different things. It may not look like a child, but it may look like something else. And so whatever that rude awakening is, you know, really um, lean into that and see how we can overcome you know, um, overcome that lack of education. And so I think that all these things you mentioned, how you've never been taught these things growing up. So many of us can can relate to that. So many people in this chat right now, this is not a conversation we have in middle school and high school. And it should be taught, right. should be, you know, preached in high school. Like you said, you were 18 years old, signing that dotted line, not knowing exactly what you were even doing, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I would also echo exactly what you said, but also even um, for those listening, don't be afraid to get that support. Don't be afraid to reach out to, you know, people out there with these financial literacy blogs and even your school mm-hmm. counselors or, you know, I, I hardly ever visited my school counselor unless I was in trouble, but, you know, I hardly ever did that. So I really encourage you all to, you know, reach out, talk to your student counselors, talk to loan, um, you know, people who are familiar with loans and get that education that you need so you can better navigate that space. And speaking of navigating spaces like that, yeah. You do that through your channel, right? You do that through your YouTube channel. You cover everything from messages like you just gave to students to families, working families, um, you know, people on unemployment. Can you tell us about some of the topics that you cover on your platform, Habesha Finance, and what some of the reception has been, some of the positive feedback you've gotten? Yes. Um, so YouTube is is uh, very interesting. You know, anyone can get on YouTube and start talking about anything and everything. And, and um, this is a, a very big responsibility, a dangerous responsibility, I would say, because uh, people will watch and make choices based on what you say and what you do. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, you know, I, I try to focus on the education aspect of uh, personal finance and just sharing like personal testimonies of us on our path to uh, financial freedom. And so I use my experiences 
as an example of what to do and what not to do. Um, so if you want to know about the time I bought a house when I was 22, literally the day before I graduated college, I um, closed on a house. And remember, this was 2009. So it was a recession time. So I'm not advising this. I'm not recommending this at all to anyone out there. OK, but I remember um, taking a student loan just to be able to buy this house that was in you know the city of Atlanta. And it wasn't even more than it wasn't even more than ten thousand dollars. It was it was very much less than that. And so I did that thinking I had an opportunity. And really, at the, at the end of the day, this this house ended up becoming more of a burden than a blessing. And I really and I quickly learned that I'm just not the type of person for um, real estate or flipping houses or whatever uh, you want to call it, you know, buying homes and selling them. Yeah. Uh, that just that wasn't something that I did, but I saw that as an opportunity. And, and you know, sometimes opportunities will present themselves or disguise themselves, you know, um, as that as an opportunity. But really, it's not an opportunity. It's a distraction. That's what people, you know, um, sometimes fall for. Sometimes we fall for these uh, uh, distractions. But um, I've, I share that information. I share that knowledge on YouTube. I share some of the stuff that um, I talk about, you know, as far as personal finance education, saving for retirement, saving for your child's education, five to nine plans. Um, and then even right now, because there's a lot of people that are talking about these topics right now, we hear it all the time, the stimulus checks, right? Unemployment benefits. And it's it's amazing to see just how much um, something you say on YouTube can have an impact on someone. Like just today and just the last few days, people have been commenting and saying, wow, you know, I started this business um, last year that ended up shutting down because of what's been happening with COVID-19. And then I came across your video and then I didn't realize that I was eligible to receive uh, what's called pandemic unemployment assistance, mm -hmm. which is the program that's in place right now to be able to provide unemployment to um, 1099 uh, contract, 1099 employees, uh, self-employed people. The people who are gig workers, driving Uber, driving Lyft, doing DoorDash, babysitters, like uh, all these people, taxi drivers, you know, like especially in the Habesha community, the Ethiopian and Eritrean community, um, man, we have a lot of dads. We have a lot of parents who are driving a taxi cab. And right now they will probably could, you know, could apply for unemployment insurance but many of them don't know that. And hopefully the, the word, the, the message has already spread through, you know, um, the country here in the U.S. Um, that, hey, you know, if you're not working, please go to your state's uh, Department of Labor website and put in an application for unemployment because you're probably going to be approved. Um, and, and don't worry about like if you haven't worked the last few weeks or the last few months, because guess what? Because you were unemployed during that time, as soon as when, you know, uh, President Trump and our nation declared it an emergency and put it into law, you're eligible for all that back pay as well. So just because you apply today, you also could receive some of that back pay from like, you know, I think uh, March 29th. So it's really important. March, the end of March, early April, you could receive all that back pay. So if you're missing that, if, if you're concerned, like, hey, would I be eligible or would I not? just hop over to the YouTube channel that I have. I talk about some of that stuff, some of that information. Um, and I try to do it in a way that's like not biased or not, you know, um, saying negative things. I just like you, like your platform, Hanna, you know, you talk about positivity and I try to do that um, with, with a, you know, through financial education. Um, so hopefully 
um, that's something that uh, people yeah. will will benefit from. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. People are benefiting it from benefiting from it. We know people directly who have, you know, shared their testimonies with us about how your videos have inspired them and impacted them. So I just first of all, want to say thank you for educating so many people. And if you're tuning into this and you are interested in learning more about um, some of those benefits that he mentioned through an unemployment, please visit his YouTube channel, Habesha Finance. And I know a lot of yours uh, videos focus on Georgia. Uh, because of course that's where you are but you do have general information there as well for people across the states and it's very important that you uh, make sure to tap into um, your state's information as well because sometimes it's going to be different but it is different based on the state yep. so definitely check that out but yeah we can't say thank you enough for all that free education that you are providing for us so thank you once more um so yeah i want to take it into a different direction mm -hmm. earlier you had mentioned right when you were giving some advice um sort of being humble right I want you to share your story because it is time that we hear you and your beautiful wife, Saba, who is tuning in right now. Mm -hmm. Shout out to that queen. Um, she is just so incredible. You both are. But you two conquered more than $250,000 in debt. Two children of immigrants who came here with no money, no English. Here you two somehow get together. I mean, what what are the secrets? How did y'all do that? Can we please rewind back and share some steps that helped you all conquer more than 250K in debt together? Yeah, so uh, it's it's quite a story um, just because of we never thought that we would be able to achieve that, you know? And like I said, around the year 2016, when we got married, and then uh, we found out that, you know, we were going to have our baby and have our daughter, beautiful daughter, um, 10 months later, 11 months later, uh, it was very, uh, nerve wracking. Cause we were just like, what are we going to do? How are we going to afford this delivery? And then just life started happening for us in a, in a different way. There's nothing, you know, getting married is, is, is like, um, that first step for me was that first step for me to really, to, to start becoming more responsible with myself. And then realizing that a child was getting ready to come into your life was like the next big step that really took it to the next level because now you there is this going to be this life that you have to take care of and so that really just woke woke something up inside me um and interestingly uh before we got married my wife and i took uh premarital counseling and um something that i talk about and recommend to anyone who is getting ready to get married or um, i know uh and and i forgive me because i know like during this time like many weddings are getting pushed back. And so I'm, I'm truly sorry for a lot of those people who are experiencing that. Even us personally, we know five, four or five close friends who, who are getting ready to, um, you know, who are postponing their weddings. And, and I, my heart goes out to them. And I just hope like, you know, this be an opportunity to just save more, learn more about each other and just be thankful. Like you are still together and that you still have your health and that there's, you still have a whole life ahead of you. Um, that you can look forward to spending with each other. Um, but, um, and, and I just want to mention that part, but um, when I was looking back at our premarital classes, they were talking about finances. They were talking about just different things. You know, how are you going to react to your in-laws? Who, who, how are you going to, you know, interact with them? When do we, whose house do we go to for, you know, Christmas? Whose house do we go to for uh, Thanksgiving, but for a Havasha household, for Ethiopian Eritrean household, you know, we, we go to both houses every Thanksgiving, every, every Christmas, we make it work. You know, um, that's what we try to do. Even with three kids, three kids under two, we were still doing that. Um, but 
as I digress, uh, I, I want to mention all those things because um, the premarital counseling gave us a, an int- a preview into what to expect for our finances. And so that, along with being exposed to the different financial websites, bloggers, like um, like like Dave Ramsey, for instance, um, different people out there, uh, one guy named Paul Merriman, and I'll, I'll share some of those links with you. These people who talk about investing and saving. Um, there's also this thing called Choose FI, the Choose Financial Independence. It's it's a great place for people to um, just learn about even more about the topics of financial independence. And so I started going down this rabbit hole and I realized like we needed to get rid of this debt quickly because my wife graduated from law school. I graduated from an engineering school. Together, we had over $250,000 of student loan debt. And we didn't know how we were going to pay that off. We we thought maybe we would just keep it for 30 years. Don't worry about it. Just pay the minimums, you know, just as as normal people do, you know, just pay pay as we go. And so once we realized and we started doing some calculations, we we looked at all the numbers. I think that's um, another part that really clicks for people is when you see and start calculating and doing the numbers yourself. So we went, you know, you can just type in like student loan payoff calculator. Go Google, G-O-O-G-L-E.com. Just Google it, student loan payoff calculator. And what we found was that for our, you know, if you if we were looking at the $250,000 of student loan debt and we were just going to pay the minimum on that, each month for the next 30 years, we would be paying $300,000 in interest. And that's, that's, that's $300,000 of interest on top of the $250,000 of student loan debt. Mm. And so um, that was a rude awakening for me. And then I showed it to my wife and she was like, oh no, we got to take care of this. We got to figure something out. And so we became aggressive. My wife was a big saver. She was, she was a really, she's always been a great saver. Um, I, I don't, I'm sure she got that from her parents. Um, she, she just had, you know, a decent sized chunk of, of savings in her bank. And um, when we started learning about this whole thing called the debt snowball that uh, Dave Ramsey preaches about, that talks about, we really said to ourselves, okay, so you've got this big savings, babe. Let's let's try to see if we can take like half of it and throw it at the debt. And I never saw like her look so mad or look so upset, look so scared. Like, are you sure? Like, are you really going to do this? And we took a step out of faith. You know, we took a leap of faith on it. And I mean, we prayed about all this stuff. We prayed about like our finances. We pray about our marriage. We pray about our kids. We pray about our, our parents. Every Everything like that is part of our lives. We prayed about. And that includes our finances. And I'm not kidding you. When we did that, God, like personal, my, my personal testimony is like God just started showing us different opportunities to keep paying off that debt in, a, in a, an aggressive manner um, in ways that we never thought like a random bonus check would come in for for my wife or something would happen. And then, you know, remember that house I talked about, right? Um, that house became an opportunity to sell because I like I said, I learned quickly that I just don't don't like dealing with, you know, buying a house, selling a house, living houses. That's great for people who who love doing that. Uh, but I learned quickly that wasn't I'm not one of those people. Mm-hmm. And so what that what ended up happening was I sold my house. Yeah, I sold my house and then we took that money and threw it at the debt. So the debt snowball, the the idea of getting out of debt in an aggressive way um 
takes your like like uncomfort. It makes you a little bit uh, discomfort, and it's a very uncomfortable feeling to have. But I think when you talk about financial, you know, situations and and something like debt, you've got to feel uncomfortable because I think that tells you that gives you that uh, sign that you are moving in the right direction when um, you're doing that. And I know during this time, I'll tell, we'll talk about it right now, but during this time that this is not the time to do that because it's a pandemic and things are uncertain. You know, I don't, I don't encourage anyone to be as aggressive, um, with their debt, like we were, um, paying off our debt. But, um, because we did it the way we did, we go, we went from potentially paying $300,000 of interest on top of the $250,000 we went from $300,000 down to about $17,000, $18,000 of interest that we paid in that two-year span. And so when you look at this, you're taking a two-year, you're taking two years of your life, okay, people? You're taking two years of your life, three years of your life, and you're going to sacrifice just a little bit of, of everything you're doing, buying a house, rushing to do this and rushing to do that. We lived at my mom's house for like a year. Uh, while we were doing this, we were paying $500, you know, rent uh, to my mom to help. It wasn't as much as what she gave. You know, my mom gave us like so much during that time, uh, but she knew our goals. She knew our plans and, and, and she supported us and, and she was there for us. Um, but we were just like very focused and we were uh, so aggressive. And so, I, you know, it's funny because I left my mom the moment, the day I got married, I left my mom's house, um, you, you know, and then we looked at everything. We said, wait a minute, we need to come back. And so I came back to my mom's house. I left my mom's house single and I came back to my mom's house uh, married. How old were you? How old were you at this point? Hmm? How, about how old were you at this point? Just so everyone knows, you know, oh, you're. Yeah, the, 2016. So I was uh, 32. I think I was like 32, uh, 31. <laughs> 32, years old, 32 yeah. years old, moving back in with your mom, yeah. your wife. Yep. Yep. And so um, it, it's very interesting. Um, to think about this kind of thing because people want to grow up. People want to be independent. People want to start living their lives. And if if you have no debt, I mean, that's so great. I'm happy for you. But if you find yourself in a similar type of situation, I hope you have people you can rely on and lean on and, um, and, and use opportunities like ours, like we had to go back to my mom's house. So you go back to your parents' house for some time like it's, it's, it's something that is actually not very, um, rare. It's, it's pretty common thing. It's just in certain communities, it just is, is frowned upon or like, there's just this level of, uh, there's maybe possible a stigma possibly, you know, that, Oh, you're going back to live with your mom. Like that's, that's, that, that's not really cool. That's, that's kind of embarrassing. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it was not embarrassing. What's what, what's not embarrassing is being debt free. And, and I hope like people understand, like, being debt free is not embarrassing and it's a beautiful um, blessing that I, I really hope people watching will work at hard and at least are are there to achieve, you know, can achieve themselves. Mm, wow. I hope you all are hearing this. I hope you all are taking this in right now. I know we have so many people in the chat that are tuning in just to let you know some of the people we have in here today. We got people from Atlanta, Cincinnati. We have people from Washington, D.C. We have uh, some people in here from Chicago. We have some people in here from Virginia. Um, You know, we got people all around. So thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to drop your cities, you know, drop your comments, drop your questions in there. I do see we have a few questions in there, which we'll get into at the end here. 
I see we have people from Florida as well. So shout out to everybody who's in this chat right now. We're hoping that this can uh, give you guys some tools, some education, some information about, um, you know, really, really, really pursuing this uh, journey of becoming, uh, of becoming um, financially free and, and living this journey yeah. of financial and, and if I might add, if I might add, um, like that experience of paying off that debt just opened up the doors to the next part of our life, which was, you know, um, uh, you know, after a year of living with my mom, moving out and we did rent an apartment for about a year before we um, moved into our own home. Uh, but we were very focused on making sure that we bought a house um, with the education that Dave Ramsey talks about. Um, if anybody ever wants to know about a book that like I read the, his book, The Total Money Makeover in five days. And that book was very eye, eye opening. Um, some things I didn't necessarily agree with, some things I wasn't, you know, very fond of or whatever. But in the sense of like getting out of debt, I don't think there's anyone better who explains it, who talks about it than him. And um, what that ended up doing when we got out of paying all those student loans, what that opened up the door was to buy our house. And if I may say, like, it's really important for people to understand, especially if you're young and you're growing up, um, to just take the opportunity to uh, know what your uh, uh, financial, you know, uh, uh, what can I say, status is. Your financial status is what can you afford? How much house can you afford? It's really important when you get down to like the nitty gritty and you get down to the details, like we were very focused on putting 20% down for our house. And we were also focused on getting a 15 year mortgage. And we were also focused on making sure that our monthly payment for the mortgage for the house was not going to be more than um, 20, 25% of our overall income. And so you say, wow, okay, like, how does that work then? You know, like, how am I supposed to make that happen? Well, you've got to figure out how much, how much house you can afford. If, if those numbers don't line up, maybe your house, the house you're trying to get is a little bit too expensive. Maybe you need a bigger down payment, which means you might have to stay in an apartment for a little bit. You might have to live with mom and dad for a little bit. And I know there are certain scenarios, certain situations where you have a family and you just, you, you're in a very difficult situation, maybe in an apartment or where you're living and you have to move into a house. I, I get that, you know, for, for, for us growing up, we, we were living in, um, in government subsidized housing and we had to move out because the high school that um, we were supposed to go to was not going to be a good high school. And my mom took it upon herself to, um, move into a house in a better school district for me and my sister. So I understand that. But if you are in a situation where you can afford to wait a year or two years just to be able to save that 20% down, get a 15-year mortgage, um, get clean up some of your credit, you know, pay off some of the, the other debts that you have so you can boost your credit up because with that, you'll be eligible for a better interest rate than uh, personally, that's what I would say to do. You know, wait a year, give yourself a year or two years um, before you just rush into buying a house there, you want to be able to afford the house. You want the house to be a blessing, not a curse. And I just want to tell people like, like what we're talking about is achievable. You know, um, I, I love this quote that I is very important for personal finance and financial freedom as well. And it's what Will Smith said about building a wall. What he said was, you don't set out to build a wall. You don't say, I'm going to build the biggest, baddest, greatest wall that's ever been built. You don't start there. You say, I'm going to lay this brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid. You do that every single day. 
and soon you have a wall. The same thing can be applied to with your personal finance, your financial freedom journey. You don't build wealth. You don't buy a house. You don't do it just in one day. It ha- everything, it's all about like small little actions that are going to build up and build up and build up. And it, those are those bricks. Each of those bricks is build a wall, help build wealth, helping you build that um, financial freedom dream that you have. And so I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. And I understand there are some people who are going to get there faster than you, but that doesn't mean you can't do this. You have to change your mindset, fix your attitude. If you can learn to live on less than, if you can learn to save, if you can learn to invest and spend wisely, then you can definitely achieve financial freedom that feels impossible. You can do this because it's not about achieving it right now. It's not about achieving it today. The mindset that my wife and I have, it's it's going to take 20, 30, 40 years for us to 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 achieve, but along the way, we're we're getting there. We see the fruits of our labor. We see everything that's happening um with that. And I and I'm thankful for that. And let me tell um the young people right now too if if you're in if you have an opportunity when, you know, if you're working or if uh, you're wondering, like, should I invest while I'm paying off my debt? Should I do this? And should I do that? You know, the the, the greatest, uh, one of the greatest lessons or one of the greatest messages I got early on when I was working for the company that, I, that I'm with today, I've been with uh, for 11 years, um, this guy in Philadelphia, he was, a, he was one of the old heads. He was like 60 years old at the time. I don't know. Um, but he looked at me and, and uh, he was like, Matt. Are you are you saving your for retirement? And I had no idea. I had not even done any kind of saving. I was like 23 years old. So this was like almost, yeah, this was 10 years ago. I had no idea. Um, and he was talking about a 401k and he was telling me this and that. And then he finally said something that kind of stuck with me that I never forgot. And he said, Matt, listen to me. You've got to start saving now. So I'm 23 years old. I'm like, what are you talking about? You've got to start saving and you have to save until it hurts. And I was like, what do you mean by, and he was explaining like, you've got to cut as much as you can down and just start saving as much as you can right now. Of course, live your life, enjoy, um, you know, uh, donate and, and support causes that you care about along the way. Um, but if, if, if you're asking me like, Hey Matt, um, you know, do you need to, do you want to go buy like 10, pe- 10 new pieces of clothes or, you know, 10 new shoes and all this I'm going to tell you, no, I'm that's, that's not really my style. You know, personally, I'm the kind of person that I'm, I'm content with having like the wardrobe that I have and not having to, to buy new stuff or buy new things or uh, upgrade my car. I'm still, I'm still driving my 2007 Scion TC that has like over 200 something thousand miles on it. It's paid off. Okay. And I'm perfectly content with driving that car. I'm perfectly content with living this kind of life um, because it's not some. It, it's not. Um, it's not adding to my overall wealth. It's not adding to my f- personal financial goals. And like I said, everyone has their own group dreams. Everyone has their own goals. And if you're someone who who likes to buy nice things, that's 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 for you. That's I, I respect that. That's fine. I would just encourage people who are like that to make sure, like, how's your net worth looking? You know, is do you have more assets than your liabilities? Is your net worth positive? Is it really, really, really positive, or is it really negative? And that's when we need to start peeling back some of the things that um, may be keeping you from truly building wealth. You know, having a positive net worth. So I just wanted to add that part um, to to what I just said. 
Absolutely. I mean, you're giving us so much great stuff here. And um, I mean, you've hit on so many things, even in that last segment, you know, just from your humility and your vulnerability and sharing with us, right, of not being ashamed that you lived with with mom for, you know, a year or two with your wife, right, bringing a wife home. And, and I just, I have respect for you because I think sometimes in our generation, we're ashamed to share those kinds of things or we, you know, we're embarrassed, but you're right. You know, there's nothing wrong with leaning on those around you, whether you have parents or friends or cousins or anything like that, being able to lean on the support around you. And then, you know, you talked about marriage counseling, how you and your wife were able to come together um, and talk about, you know, um, your situation, right? You have to discuss those things. I'm not married, married, but from what I can learn from you and other people is that you do have to talk things out. And finances is one of the, the things that you have to talk about. So thank you for hitting on that. Thank you for sharing that message. And also you talked about, um, you know, paying off, you know, paying off the paying the minimum on loans and how that can hurt us, right? Whether that's loans or credit card debt. And um, I'm just going to share something with you all personally here. This is me opening up and being a little bit vulnerable as well. My brother here, Matthew, has inspired me to stop using my credit card. And I can say that this year I was able to pay off my credit card debt and I cut that card up. And I shared as soon as I did that, I sent the picture to my family because for years, ever since I got that credit card, my brother said, don't do it. Don't do it. And and it, and I'm not saying I'm not against credit cards, but I knew that personally I'm not I'm not in a place where I I want to even right. Be on right now. I had just put myself in this hole that I needed to get out of. And thanks to him and his encouragement, I was able to, you know, pay that off slowly and eventually, you know, cut that out. And I, I do have other student loan debt that I'm still working through, but I'm on, I'm just happy to know that. And I thank you for pushing me. You and Saba. You're my amazing sister-in-law, your wife. So thank you both. Um, and I want to share some other tips. This has been so helpful. You've been sharing so much from the snowball effect to other practices. What other um, practices can you share with anybody tuning in about managing finances? And just to let you know, we do have some more people that are tuning in. Um, we have people in here from London. We have people in here from Florida, Orlando, Texas, Colorado, California, Virginia, Atlanta, Chicago. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We have um, about another 20 minutes left in this in this show. So Stay with us as we get through some more. So what other practices can you share with us today? Yeah. So um, hopefully, it, you know, uh, people are people are understanding where I'm coming from because I really want folks to, un to, to take control of their finances. And um, some of the best practices, at least I can speak in terms of right now, what we've done, uh, we, we've really cut back on spending. We, we've stopped contributing to our retirement, our 401k, which is the retirement savings plan that is offered through our work. We, we both just stopped doing that because we wanted to ramp up our savings, you know, um, during times of, of uncertainty, during times of uh, during challenging times. I think it's really important for people to build up that emergency savings fund, which um, I talk about, you know, on, on obviously the Habesha Finance platform, but uh, save, 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 you know, you have to cut your expenses, especially right now, especially if you're if you're very serious and you're ready to get on this journey to financial freedom, cut the cable, cut the Amazon, cut the Apple TV, cut the Kindle. There's a library down the street you can borrow books from. You can even, you know, order books online through the library. They, they have that available to people now. Um, iPhone app subscriptions, you know, um, you may have to pause contributing to your retirement, depending on wh where what stage you are in life. If you're closer to retirement, obviously you don't need to look at, you know, doing that per se, but you folks have got to really, you know, uh, take this time, especially when there's times of uncertainty to 
build up that emergency fund and and what I have um, available, you know, and and I'll and we'll figure out a way to make this available to people. Um, Hannah is um, this checklist. I have I, I did this. I created this checklist, and so people who've been following Habesha Finance for the last several years um, since we started um, late 2016 um, created this checklist to kind of just go over some of the things that people can do. You know, people can. Um, just check off. It's just a checklist, you know, and then you check it off. Okay, I did that. I can move on to the next thing. It's not a complete financial uh, program, you know, to get from A to Z, but it, it gets you from A to like, you know, uh, uh, M or N. It gets you halfway there. And then you just, you ha- hopefully, you know, as we grow, as we all grow, it helps you get to um, where you need to go. But uh, one of the things I talk about, I, I include on that checklist is having life insurance, you know, a lot of people, especially in underserved communities, minority communities, we're not aware of this idea of, you know, oh, life insurance like uh, that. That's a scary kind of thought, because what happens, you come to terms with your mortality. You come to terms with the fact that I may not be here tomorrow. You know, the reason why life insurance is so important is because if you find yourself in a situation like my wife and I did, you know, she's got 200,000 plus student loans because of law school. And then, you know, I also have student loans. Now, if, if something were to happen to me, guess what? My student loans die with me, right? My student loans go with me, but she still has to face that $200,000 of student loans that she has. Mm -hmm. And what kind of husband, what kind of father would I be to leave her without a life insurance policy? to face that $200,000 student loans with, to, to face life with, you know, especially with kids involved. And it's really important um, for husbands and, 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 and wives and, and parents in general to consider getting life insurance. Um, and, and I know there's, this, there's a lot of debate about what kind of life insurance to get, but if you're asking me, my, my personal opinion, it's term life insurance, okay? It's, it's just, it's, just regular flat term life insurance and and get like 10 times okay 10 times your income i think that's just the general rule and life insurance it's it's like car insurance you know you need it for a certain amount of time um and you don't need it for the rest of your life because what are you doing you're you're saving you're investing you're building up your retirement fund you're saving in uh, a taxable fund where you're buying investments maybe you're buying a real estate, you're doing whatever else you need to do in the meantime for that 30-year period where you have a life insurance policy in place. Does that make sense? Hopefully that makes sense for people um, who are watching because like the we see it happening in our communities and and some of the some of the parents are good about this and that's so great to see um, that they already have life insurance policies. But I'm I'm afraid like the majority of uh, folks who may be watching or out there uh, may not have a life insurance policy. And, you know, you go into this hot whole rabbit hole of whether to get term life insurance uh, and then even term life insurance, like what kind of term and life insurance you, do you want? Do you want to get um, just, you know, the term life insurance you pay for, the, you know, you pay, you have a set period of time you pay for it 30 years, or do you want an, an annual renewable term life insurance? There's that. You can get whole life insurance policies, which are cash value. It, it, there's a whole rabbit hole. And I talk about it on, on Habeshaw Finance. I talk about it on the podcast. I think I have like um, a few episodes dedicated to just life insurance. So uh, people can just type in Habeshaw Finance slash life insurance, and, and you'll see some information about that. But at the very least, people should start with just a regular 
25, 20, 30 year uh, term life insurance policy that will cover, you know, the cost of the house if something were to happen to you, children, your children's education, if they, you know, if they're going to go to college, a wedding, maybe you, your children will get married one day, um, your wife or your spouse or whoever um, to be able to, you know, support that person through many different challenges in life. And then even if you're not, you know, married or you have anyone to, to who depends on you, maybe there's an organization that you have a, that you really care for and you can still get life insurance and the beneficiary can also be that organization. A lot, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but just because you're like, oh, you know, I don't have anybody who cares about me or who I care for or who I take care of. Like you still, if you if you support an orphanage or if you support homeless shelters, you can still get your own life insurance policy and, and um, name that entity, name that organization, the beneficiary. And that can be something like that just takes care of that organization in case like you, the person who's supporting them day in, day out, are, you know, suddenly uh, unexpectedly, you know, um, go away. And, and, and that's something that um, I think many folks just should should really take seriously you know and then with that having a will you know having having some kind of 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 will in place for your family and letting the family know like this is the will that's in place this is what's going to happen um it's really important for those those parts of your financial uh journey to be established and and establish those as quickly as possible um and then some other things i talk about on the checklist i'm just looking at it right now um, you know, tracking your net worth, making sure that you're aware of all your debts, all your liabilities, all your um, assets, all the positive things that are adding to your net worth. And then um, just some other things also talk about emergency savings, having a three to six month emergency fund. When you check that, you check that. Um, are you budgeting? There's a there's a couple articles I've, I have about budgeting and and a YouTube video about budgeting that I talk about when I'm, you know, I'll share some of that information here shortly. Um, and then just, you know, saving for college. Are you saving a college for your child? Are you saving college for, you know, a niece or nephew? If, if you, you know, that's always a possibility. And then um, just other, other topics on that checklist that I'll, I'll share with you, Hannah, so that way people um, who are watching can also um, access. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, just a lot of good stuff there. I feel like we could almost have a session on every topic you've mentioned today. We could have a whole one hour session on yeah. you know, just life insurance, a whole one hour session on, uh, you know, on budgeting. Um, and speaking of budgeting, what mm -hmm. are some of the best tools for beginners? Uh, maybe if you can just kind of quickly list some out. And again, we yeah. are going to send you guys a link to that that sheet he's talking about so you can keep up with all that and also stay connected and access more information. Yeah. So the budget, um, budgeting is, is comes in different ways, different forms. Um, you know, when you start budgeting, you'll find apps on your phones, you'll find spreadsheets online. You'll, you'll find people doing it with a piece of paper and a pencil. And it really just comes down to what's going to work for you. Um, I've tried uh, so many different budgets, I would say seven, eight to me, that's many, um, budgets. And then I finally found one that was really great. And it was this um, Google Sheets budget um, that that I make available through my through the channel and uh, through the Habesha Finance website. If you just go to HabeshaFinance.com, you'll see it on the right. It says, you know, here, click here to access um, the Google Sheets budget. And, and you have to, you know, um, sign up for the email list, but you can get the Google Sheets budget and then unsubscribe. That that don't matter to me. Um, but 
that Google Sheets budget that we use is a is you have to manually update it. And what I found for us, okay, um, is when I was connecting my bank account to these apps, it kind of took a personal, um, uh, you know, relationship out of the budget because I wasn't in tune with exactly what was going in and what was going out of our bank. It just happened automatically. And then I saw it. But when I moved on to this spreadsheet, that was a manual budget that I had to update with our income. I had to update what we were spending. I had to update, you know, what we were projecting for the rest of the year. It really just, it was another one of those things that just helped change the way we looked at finances because we said, oh, in three months we have, you know, this year, last year, we I said, you know, three months we have property taxes due. Okay. So we're going to make sure that we're building up a, a separate fund for property taxes in, in, in a month, we've got, you know, our, our, our daughter's birthday that we want to celebrate. And so we'll put a separate fund for that. Um, we have our tithing that we give to our, our, our local church that we give, we have our, you know, uh, bills that we have to pay for on a monthly basis. And all of that is manually entered, um, uh, by either me or my wife, Saba. And it's one of those things that you, you just develop the habits, you know, when you start developing habits, of, of doing that every, every other day or every two or three days. Um, you just, I don't want to say you become obsessed with it, but you become a, like a professional budgeter and there's nothing that gets by you because you really do, you know, if I'm, if I'm may, people may think I'm extreme, but I have to make sure that I'm accounting for every single penny. You know, this is how companies, um, keep track of their expenses. This is how companies, rise to the top and become very successful. They keep track of every single penny. Now, why not you? You know, why not the person looking in the mirror? You know, person in the mirror when you're looking in the mirror. You're more important, you know, you're the most important person to your to in your life, you know, like in in terms of like what you can do. You know, you have the most uh uh control over your ability to live your life and and if you don't look at yourself that way, like I'm, I'm very worthy. I'm like, I'm very, uh, very important. I'm someone who, who has an important part in playing with my life, my role, my family, then you've got to also look at your financial responsibility. And part of that is looking at yourself in a way that um, these companies look at, you know, their, their spreadsheets and their budgets and their annual reports. It's, it's, it's kind of the same thing with our own lives. We have to look at ourselves and our financial lives in the same way and make sure that we're accounting for every single penny that's going in, going out. And I don't want to say like it's to become obsessed with it, but it's really to take control, you know, take control over what you're spending, over what your, um, um, your, in, your income, obviously you can't really control your income to a certain extent, but take control of, of the budget and making sure that you're accounting for everything. So that way, you know, like, oh, I got to cut this expense out. I don't need cable. Look, we, like I said, I still drive the same car I'm driving. We haven't had cable. Like um, our mom, my, you know, we we cut cable. I'm pretty sure like 2000, 2002, 2003. And I've never missed, I haven't missed it since. I haven't missed cable since. I see, especially now I see everything on YouTube. It comes out the same day. I see my ESPN first take, I, I see the updates on YouTube, whatever it is I want to watch, like it's out, it's online now, you know, and, and it's unfortunate, you know, for some of these companies, but it's like the technology, the way we're moving, the way everything is advancing so quickly. Um, you know, you, there are ways to be able to hack, you know, your ability to save money. You know, there's, there's always a way to save money on any kind of expense, any kind of, um, you know, 
anything that you're spending money on, just ask yourself, is do I really need this? Is there an alternative to what I'm spending XYZ, you know, um, on a monthly basis, if that makes sense? Absolutely. I mean, there's just a lot to take in here. I know I'm already just like so inspired to, you know, budget better. And you just make me want to, like you said, where is yeah. every single penny going? You know, yeah. and 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 I'll say budgeting, it takes a few months. It takes four or five months to really get the hang of it. So give yourself that grace. Okay. And I know you have videos as well where you help people walk through budgeting and you even have mm -hmm. tutorials and, and webinars all on your YouTube channel as well. So if you want more, you can access there. I know that there's a ton to go through and we're already about an hour in. So we're going to go through um, just uh, one more question here. Keep going. Okay. I just want to make sure. I know he's a father of three and, you know, husband. No, and I apologize why it's so late because, you know, our kids have a bedtime and uh, I told my sister like, hey, I'm sorry, I have to do it this time because I have an obligation to make sure that my kids are, are asleep and I don't wake them up when when we're doing this. So I apologize <laughs> to people watching like, oh, why is it so late? And I'm the one to blame for that. Um, <laughs> no, my kids are. Well, my, my beautiful nephews and niece, um, just beautiful children. And um, I just want to say that you know, for people who weren't able to catch this live, this is all going to get posted on Facebook and YouTube. So if people want to send it out to their friends, make sure to share it with your friends. If there was a certain section that you saw, I would encourage you just to go back, find that time. And, you know, if, if, it, if it applies to a friend, say, hey, tune in at, you know, 25 minutes and at 25 minutes, you'll hear all about this and that. So, um, you know, just just feel free to share it and everything like that. So um, I do want to just we're going to get to some of your questions and some of your lovely comments. I see so many people in here that we are familiar with that we're not familiar with. Just a lot of people in here. Shout out to everybody tuning in with us here with us tonight or this morning, depending on where you're tuning in from. Um, I did see that we had some more people check in. Uh, we had some people here from Philadelphia. We had some people from New Jersey as well, in addition to all the other states that we had mentioned earlier. So, and countries, shout out to London. I saw we had here too. So thank you to everyone. Um, I want to ask you though, uh, so, you know, we talked about budgeting, right? Can we just hit on, you know, because this, everybody wants to do this. Everybody wants to save more. And I know you've talked about it some throughout this conversation, but uh, could you just touch on that a little bit more, you know, how we can all just save a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so there's there's kind of it's kind of it's like an honest um, opinion of mine that part of saving more is trying to earn more income. Right. You have to get your income up and you have to get rid of debt. Um, that's really what it to me. That's kind of what it boils down to, to like, I can't tell somebody to save 50 percent of their income if they're making only, you know, X, Y, Z amount of, of money. And that's all they, that's all they're able to do. You know, it may be different for each person. And so I, I don't want to get into, into that kind of discussion, but what I would say is, is focus on, on maybe one extra job or something, you know, focus on something that you, on, on a bringing in an extra source of income, if it's possible, obviously during this time right now, it's very difficult to, so I can't really encourage that at right now. Um, but I, I, I know we'll get through these times, um, hopefully very soon. And uh, once we do, though, it's it's one of those things where folks have to try to get their income up, you know, and um, at the same time, get rid of debt. And so if possible in the future, OK, this is not for right now, but in the future, um, working an extra job will help, OK, to help you build that emergency fund, help you save a little bit more, help you get rid of debt quickly, as quickly as possible. 
Um, and, and really, you know, for those of you just starting out on this journey, it's really important to understand you're not, you, you don't, if you can't afford to pay certain things cash, then there's no reason why you should, you know, bring that on. Okay. And what, and, and the only exception to this is obviously a house, a mortgage. Okay. Um, for me, that's for me, this is me talking on, on my opinion. And if you're one of those people who wants to use a credit card to build, you know, their, their funds up and you want to build your, your credit up, well, just make sure that you're not building up a balance and you're carrying a balance each month and make sure that you're treating that credit card as a debit card. Okay. If you don't have it in your debit card, guess what? You don't have it on your credit card to, to expense. And uh, that's a, that's a mindset that I, that I want people to really embrace is, this credit card is only going to be used um, as a debit card. And if I don't have it, if I'm not spending it already on my debit card, like let's say you have a monthly, you know, car insurance, right? That you pay, you have, you drive. And so you're obligated to have car insurance and you pay that monthly. Well, if you wanted to bring it on a credit card and use that as your way to pay for your, your, um, you know, your car insurance, then that's fine. That's, that's for you. Um, but Use it in that kind of, I would say just use it in that kind of sense if that's what you're interested in and in building your credit and doing all those things and doing those th types of things. But don't think like, oh, I can just charge it on my credit and I'm just going to work in uh, some hours. You see, like don't spend money that you don't have or don't spend money in anticipation of money that you're going, that you think you're going to get. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's a dangerous place to be because like we see jobs can get cut. Right? <coughs> Excuse me. Um. Jobs can, jobs can get cut in an instant. And so it's really important um, to have that kind of um, mentality. Um, and then also, um, when it comes to saving, take advantage of your company's um, 401k, 403b, or whatever retirement savings plan, whatever country you're in. If you have a company that's giving you a retirement plan and they're giving you this match, like they're matching uh, up to a certain amount for your retirement, I would say that's a great place to also save. You know, if you're in debt, I wouldn't. Personally, I wouldn't invest more than the match because my goal would be to focus um, <clears throat> on the debt, focus on reducing that debt. Because when you reduce that debt, you get rid of not, not only do you get rid of the principal of that debt, you also get rid of the interest if there's interest on that debt. Um, again, this is outside of your mortgage, outside of your home. Um, it, this is more so like consumer debt. So like car notes, student loans, personal loans, um, those kinds of things, anything in collection that you need to clear up. Um, those are the kinds of things that I would focus on wh while still doing like the match for your, with your job. Um, so take advantage of that. If you're self-employed, look at a solo 401k, um, SEP IRA, just because you're self-employed, you still have opportunities to invest, um, in these retirement savings plans. And the, and the, and the wonderful thing about these retirement savings plans is the tax advantage benefit where, you, necess you don't necessarily have to pay taxes right now. So if you're in a high income tax bracket, it's really um, a great opportunity <clears throat> to, to invest in these retirement savings plans because the, um, the, the understanding is when you retire, you're probably going to be in a lower um, tax bracket, right? Um, who knows? Maybe you'll be in a, in, a, in a bigger tax bracket, but at least right now, paying putting that money in those retirement plans could potentially help reduce your um, tax liability when you file taxes. So, um, 401ks, 403bs, all great for people to use, um, you know, in the retirement savings plans that people have available to them at work, 
are all great. Don't, and, and I also want to mention Roth IRAs. Um, those are also great to, uh, just to, to be able to look into as well, which again, I talk about on the podcast as well as the blog. <laughs> yep, you sure do. Habisha Finance. <laughs> to find habishafinance.com, Habishaf Finance on YouTube. We're going to take a couple of your questions now since we are, are going to um, go get into that segment. I just want to say again, uh, thank you to Matthew for his time, to, to Matt, our brother here. Um, and, and also thank you for your understanding as well. I really appreciate the fact that when you're addressing some of these subjects, you are being um, sort of mindful of the times that we're living in. And we do realize that we're all in different situations, right? And some of the things that... <clears throat> Some of the things that work for us, you know, that would have worked for us before the pandemic may not necessarily be the best case. So true. I just appreciate I appreciate you providing alternatives to those yeah. um, options and just being very encouraging when you when you share this advice. Let me let me also add. Um, sorry, before we do the questions, um, <clears throat> sometimes some people may say, oh, when I'm looking at my 401k, whenever I'm looking at my retirement fund or if I'm looking into investing um, hey, Matt, like, what is it that you're personally looking for? And remember, this is this is not like investment advice. This is just kind of education. Um, but what I personally like to look for is our our, our index funds and index funds, um, the low cost, broad based index funds and index funds basically help you invest in a, a in the stock market or in, in any kind of asset class um, that is that that the index fund is is tracking the index fund is providing to you so let's just say um the s&p 500 right people are familiar with that the biggest um for lack of a better phrase and term the biggest 500 companies um in the us economy are in the s&p 500 um index now you can get this index i'm pretty sure most 401ks are going to have something similar to this so if you just log into your retirement accounts if you log into your um, you know, your personal accounts, whatever it is with Fidelity or Vanguard or Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade, whenever, whatever company, whatever these companies, your retirement plan is with, um, make sure that you're looking for what's called an index fund. Um, and the reason why I like to do that is because one, the fees are low. So I'm not paying an extra 1%, right? So if let's just say like <clears throat> the S&P 500, um, there are studies, academics that show like S&P 500 over the last, you know, uh, 60 years or so has has earned about 10% annual annually, right? 10 or actually 11% annually. And that's before inflation. So after inflation, you knock it down to about 8%. And some uh, financial experts like to say 7%. But let's just say you're in that range of 7 to 8%. Now, you're doing that, right? You're investing in the S&P 500. You're you're basically expecting like an 8% return over your money year over year over year and average on average, right? Some years, um, you know, some years like last year, it's going to go to like 30%. And then some years this year, it may go, it may be down, right? But on the average, right? It's, it's like a roller coaster. It goes up and down, up and down. Um, but what we've seen over the past 60, 70 years or so, it's been on the rise, right? There's been ups and downs, ebbs and flows, but all as, as a, um, in the long span, there's been a gradual increase um, over the long term. So what what happens is you've got some uh, op some options in your in your retirement plan where you can invest in these things called actively managed funds. And again, this is another kind of like those controversial um, topics for for the personal finance and investing world, which I don't want to really uh, get too deep into. 
But I would encourage people to look at their investment choices in their 401k and just really compare uh, what's called the expense ratio, how much you're being basically being charged um, on your overall account to have those certain funds. And you can look at your year-end report for 2019, 2018, 2017, and then see, you know, if depending on what funds you were, how much you were being charged to have that fund. And um, what I what I have discovered, what I have researched, what I have read is 90%, 90% of most actively managed funds, oh, excuse me, excuse me, sorry, um, do not outperform the index that they're, they're usually tracking or they're trying to beat, right? So basically, um, you're going to do better simply by picking an index fund that's in your retirement account, and you're pretty much going to be doing better than, <clears throat> you know, around 90% of the other funds that are in that retirement account. And so you're still also going to be paying less over the long term. And that 1%, people may not under realize it, but that 1% is huge. You're talking about 8% versus 7%, 7% versus 6%, 5%, and so forth and so on. It's it's huge. And, uh, and that's just kind of a little bit of education that people should really go into their retirement accounts um, or their investment accounts and really see what they're investing what they're investing in and, and really um, just educate themselves, which we try to provide, which I try to provide on the Habesha Finance platform. So yeah, thank you um, for that wisdom. Thank you for yeah, dropping that yeah. knowledge. Hey, we are here for it. We want to take it all in. So thank you for sharing that as well. I'm sure that, you know, there's so many more topics we can hit on everyone, but you know, these are just some of the topics that we wanted to touch on. So let's hear from you. I know that some of you have left comments and questions. I see we have Boston in the building as well. So many of you all, I just want to display some of the comments here. Um, that we have, uh, again, we had people in here from so many different places from around the globe here, but I just, uh, there's some, some comments here that I would, that I would like to show. Uh, yeah. We have Jonas Waldu in Las Vegas, debt is the enemy and cash flow is an ally. So mm -hmm. that was a comment that he, that he left um, there. Like that, yeah. Thank you so much for that comment, for leaving that. And uh, we had someone here when you all were talking about 250k about paying off the 250k loan mashallah thank you so much for that we appreciate that um that yeah, congratulations yeah. to you and your wife um and happy eid to all of our muslim brothers and sisters who are celebrating this weekend mm -hmm. as well um and then somebody asked a question here um about are there any books that you guys recommend about the discussion or topic i will let matthew answer that um, and I also want to say that uh, someone else did say that you had a book in your background that was really, really good. I think it's that that book, Profit First. So someone had mentioned that in the comments. So Matt, yeah. do you have anything yeah. for that? Yeah, the, um, that book behind me, that's a really good book for um, self-employed um, or just businesses, small businesses. Um, uh, I'm like a quarter of the way in, but I'm just blown away by the principles in that book that that um, the, the author, I think Mike, um, I can't really pronounce his last name. Um, talks about, um, but for small businesses, that's a, that's a, um, so far to me, I've, I've, I've enjoyed the book so far. Um, now there, uh, if I remember correctly, there are about four, three or four books that I think I would recommend, <clears throat> um, for people in different parts of their financial freedom journey. And then if you're just getting started, like I mentioned earlier, the Dave Ramsey total money makeover is a, is, is a great book that I read. Um, in five days. I'm not kidding. This was a great book that I read 
um, in five days. And this book just kind of goes through like the basic personal finance education and really is a great motivator uh, for people to just take, you know, their uh, finances, take their finances seriously, if you will. Um, and then um, another book that uh, people I think will appreciate is called um, The Simple Path to Wealth. And this is more of like a, a little bit more advanced kind of, it talks about some of the things I just talked about with index funds and investing. And um, it goes in and the author is called, his name is J.L. Collins. And he he gets into um, just a lot of those different topics of, um, you know, spending less than you make and doing all these different things to, to make sure that you're on your journey, right? You're on the path to wealth. And it's called The Simple Path to Wealth by uh, J.L. Collins. So I think that's, that's, those are two books, like if you're on one side or if you're on another side, um, depending on where you are. And then another great book I, I like to recommend is The Millionaire Next Door. Um, it's a study that, that looked at however many millionaires and they looked at like their lifestyle habits and what they did and how they live. <clears throat> and it's just a good, uh, it's just a good, uh, you know, preview. It's a, it's a good scope into the lives of millionaires. And then you realize like, wait a minute, they're not driving these fancy cars. They're not living in these like $2 million, $3 million homes. Like these people are millionaires and they're, and they're, you know, living these humble, um, good, you know, you know, like non-flashy, um, uh, lives and they're very happy. They're enjoying everything and they're living, you know, in, in that kind of way. So those are three books that, <clears throat> um, that I really like. And, um, a fourth book, like if you're really, really, <laughs> invested into, <coughs> excuse me, interested in investing, I would say um, by the late um, Jack Bogle. He's the founder of, um, of Vanguard. It's like Fidelity, like an uh, like a brokerage company. And um, it's called The Little Book of Common Sense Investing. And um, this book, if I just look it up real quick, sorry. Um, uh, it's The Little Book of Common Sense Investing um, the only way to guarantee your fair share of stock market returns by John C. Bogle. And it's on Amazon. You can get it there. And uh, yeah, you can get it there. Awesome. Um, I bought, yeah, I got the book. And that book really, he talks about the same things. He's the founder of Vanguard. And um, I think he, um, he actually passed away last year, um, but he did so much. He had, he's done so much for the individual investor like it's no joke because he's the one who created the first index fund, the low cost way of investing in the whole market, the entire like investing in 500 companies at once through yeah. this fund that he made available um, to all the individual investors. And um, and and so he was many people respect him. If you're in the personal finance investing world, then you know about Jack Bogle and you know, like all the the the. The things that he did, the great the doors he opened to to many individual investors, um, and at the same time, like um, there is a time and place I think for having professional financial professional help, you know. Um, and I don't want to like knock like people who are in the person like the financial professional advice um, area because personally, like I need that too myself. I'm getting we're getting to the point where we need that third set of eyes to look at and say, Hey, okay, um, this is what you need to do. This is where you're headed. And <clears throat> having somebody do that for like an hour, two hours is a huge benefit in my opinion, personal opinion, 
to making sure that you're headed down the right track because you're always going to think like, oh, I'm, I'm going down the right track, but you might not be looking at your overall, you know, financial well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it's always good to have that third set of eyes, have a different outlook, especially from someone who's in the personal finance. And I mean, the financial planning, uh, financial advice uh, world who's seen more than I have, you know, who have seen, who's seen more than some of us, most of us to be able to say, well, I know you did this, but let me show you what this person, like, let me show you what I've, I've dealt with in the past um, and just want you to be aware of. So I just want to make sure people are aware, like at some point um, you're going to need some sort of personal, like some sort of financial planning, professional help. And, um, but what I really want to also say is you have to also, it's very important for you to learn as much as you can on your own. Um, so that way you can, you can just have those engaging conversations and talk to the people who are in that space, um, to say, okay, okay. Yeah. I understand that. I remember reading about that a long time ago, you know, um, that kind of thing. Yep. Thank you. Great recommended recommendations and great point there as well. You know, um, it is very, very important to have Though that support, that additional support from those professionals um, at some point throughout your life. So thank you for that. I just I want to show some more comments here. We have so many here, but just to touch on some of them. And thank you all for the kind words. A lot of people are saying, um, you know, we're doing a great job. So we we really appreciate that, everybody. I want to show this comment right here. Um, let's see. Uh, from I bet here he said if a $500 Ford can get me around why would I get into a fancy car financing (laughs) so that kind of goes along with your point earlier about your scion and then uh, someone here also said um, you know check credit debit card statements for reoccurring charges to cut out of your budget another good tip there and then also use up gift cards instead of your cash Mm -hmm. what happened with Toys R Us Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point too because sometimes yeah we do sometimes we even have gift cards and they expire you know so you miss out on Mm -hmm. that that's a great, great tip. A couple of great points there. Um, and then we did have a couple of uh, questions here. One more, or I think a couple more questions here. I don't know if you have any um, thoughts or opinions on this, Matt. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. Um, so I, I this is uh, something that I talk about on the on the podcast. And I'll go ahead and read the question. Um, it was, yeah. what is your recommendation? What is your recommended percentage contribution for 401k from Abdul Nasir? Go ahead. Um, so I, you def, if it depends on where you are, right? Like if you're just starting out and you have debt, I would say like having invested up to the match, your company's match is a great place to start. <clears throat> but once you get out of debt, um, like once we get through like this, this, these times right now, these pandemic times, um, our goal is to be able to put away, you know, um, and I'm not just talking about like retirement, I mean, a 401k, but I'm also talking about like a Roth IRA, right? If I have my own business, opening, having a solo 401k um, or having some other kind of, you know, retirement funds, right? That that might be available to me, that might be available to my wife as well. Um, but we're, you know, you're eligible for your 401k, you're eligible for your, um, your Roth IRA. Even if you don't get the tax deduction, remember, you can still do a Roth IRA. Um, I mean, a traditional IRA, <clears throat> And then you can convert that into a Roth IRA th- through what's called a backdoor Roth IRA, uh, which talk about that as also on on the podcast and through the blog. Um, but when it comes to contributions to your retirements, I think maybe that's a better way of phrasing it. I'm pushing I'm pushing on my website to at least try to do around twenty percent up to at least you know at least twenty percent. Um, 
my goal, uh, you know, if for whatever it's worth is to try to at least be around that 30% to 40% range um, of our of what we're earning. Obviously, it's hard to do when we still have a house, you know, that we're paying a mortgage on. But once that mortgage is paid off, that's when we can really push our savings a little bit higher. That's why you get into a 15 year mortgage, because um, you want to be able to do those things right as quickly as possible um, and, and limit the interest you're paying on the mortgage, how long you have that monthly payment that you're paying and all those things that we just talked about, like, you know, moments ago when we were talking about buying a house, um, I, I really want that to resonate with people like saving 5%, 10% for retirement is not going to cut it. You've got to put in your mind, okay, I've got 20% at least, you know, if, if you can do 20% or just try to build up to that point over time, um, that that will be that will be a great um, you know way for you to start moving toward that path to uh, financial freedom. Awesome, awesome! Thank you for that, and thank you all for your questions and your comments. There's there's a, a plenty of comments here. I just want to show one more comment before we wrap up here, um, and this is from. Uh, uh, it's Hiwat Ayele. Uh, you guys are awesome, like sister, like brother. Thank you. See you on your YouTube. So yes, you can definitely follow Matt here on YouTube at Habesha Finance. And I just want to echo this point here to everyone tuning in, um, especially to my audience that is tuning in and joining us and meeting Matt for the first time. He is my inspiration. He is my hero. He is the reason I am the person I am today. So I know he doesn't want to hear this because he's so humble. But I just want to shout him out and just say thank you for everything, for being um, the rock and just being um, always a light in my life. I would truly not have this platform, Hannah Joy TV and the Promote Positivity Movement if it were not for him. So I just want to say thank you for um, believing and always um, being such a strong, strong mm. leader. So um, thank you so much to everyone who tuned in, who shared your comments, who shared your light with us. Um, our sister sat on here. She added a comment. Retirement is not getting to 65. It is mm. how much you can save and how fast you can save it. Mm, that is that is a great yeah. point right there. That is a wonderful point awesome. to end on from our audience. Matt, I would love to throw it back to you to sort of wrap up, you know, as we wrap up the conversation, any any advice, any words of encouragement, how you're staying positive these days, just to anybody tuning in as we wrap up this conversation. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in um, that we were we were created to stay connected with each other. I, I know during these challenging times, it's hard to do that physically, but you know, we've we've got technological advances where we can do that through Zoom. We can do that through FaceTime. We can do that um, on Viber. Remember, we can call each other, too, on the phone. The thing that we used to do um, 10 years ago or five years ago, it seems um, we it's important to stay connected with your family, with your friends, the people uh, who, who you can count on, you know, and then um, just it's important, again, like we mentioned earlier in this in this uh, program to do what you can to help others, um, the frontline workers, the people you know who are out there working hard every day to support them, whether it's just emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, it's good um, to, to do what we can uh, to, to help those people out there who are sacrificing and putting in the time to you know uh, make sure that we overcome this pandemic as, as quickly and safely as possible. And then um, from a financial perspective, um, just know like everyone is on their own path, right? Like you're listening to this and you're like, oh, wow. Like, I, I don't know if I could ever achieve that. Yes, you can. You know, it's going it, to, it may take longer for you than for others, but don't let that discourage you 
from taking action today. You know, before 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 we can learn to walk, we have to crawl, right? Before before all of that, like we ha- before we can learn to walk, we have to learn um, to crawl in life. And I'm a big believer in in just taking steps, taking steps, and ultimately, like the quote we read earlier, brick by brick by brick you're going to build your way to financial freedom. And, and um, I will leave uh, just with one quote from um, Nelson Mandela. Uh, Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. And I think that is very important because it is, it is education that helps change who we are. It is education that helps change our perspective. It is education that helps mature us and helps develop our lives and helps us move in the direction um, that we were meant to move in. And and when it comes to um, just money and talking about finances, that's to the path of financial freedom. Um, and I just want to say thank you to you, Hanna, for coordinating this. And I know this was long overdue. Um, things happen in life that made it difficult for us to get together. Um, but I'm thankful that, you know, you invited me here to be able to share and and hopefully inspire some people to 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 get on it you know to, yes. to make it happen absolutely and one last time how anybody tuning in can keep up with your awesome platform yeah uh it's habasha finance youtube seems to be the place that um I'm, I'm i'm more engaged with obviously we have a facebook group but really it's wherever you're most comfortable if you like to be on facebook and you want to join the facebook group there's um the habasha finance facebook group if um, you're more of a YouTube community. I know they're like, it's unbelievable how, you know, the different platforms cater to the different, to different peoples and, and personalities. And so, um, whether it's Instagram, um, Facebook or YouTube, um, you can just type in Habesha finance and, um, you'll see me there and, um, try to connect and try to just, um, learn more about each other and help and hopefully help grow and learn to help each other grow on this journey to financial freedom. Awesome. Well, Hey. Thank you, brother, for being a light out here, for just encouraging us, for sharing this free education. Please keep it going. We uh, encourage you to keep it going. And we thank you. We thank you all, everybody who tuned in with us tonight, for this morning, wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, We just say thank you from Matt and me. Thank y'all. We're sending y'all a lot of love and light. And we just want y'all to know, stay strong. We are all going to get through this together. And wherever you are, we're just giving you a big virtual hug. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And make sure to follow Matt. Stay connected with Havisha Finance. Bye, everyone. Thank y'all.